Look, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellett and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. Bailey. The other way. Marcus Bailey. It is Thursday night, September 8th, 2022, a week removed from Purdue's gut-wrenching, heart-breaking 35-31 loss to the Penn State Nittany Lions, but so we're here with you. We're going to get over it together. I'm uh, Tanner Lee along with my co-host Evan Webb. Andrew Eiler could not join us tonight, so what is going on, Webby? Another day. That's another day. Can't believe it's been a week already. I know. That's a we've said this really every season, but it's like football losses suck so much more than basketball because you just you have to sit on it for an entire week as a fan. Like I don't really want to listen to the Jeff Brom show. I don't really, really want to listen to like any post or you know pressers or you know midweek interviews. I'm just like, yeah, I just don't feel like listening right now. I'll Espe- especially this one because you got to yeah. wait over a week, <laughs> right? So. And it's hard. It seems like week two is always a kind of a I don't want to say annoying week around college football, but it's it's like a letdown week. I mean, oh, yeah. a, lot, a lot of good games week one, then week two. Week two for the most part's like like this week. Purdue playing FCS program, or a mm-hmm. lot of people playing FCS programs. Or last year was it was uh, we traveled to UConn, you mm-hmm. know. So um, you still got to take care of business. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I mean, you get I mean, Alabama. I mean, Alabama plays Texas. It's still a twenty point spread. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Mean, Ohio State plays Arkansas State, you know, Arkansas plays South Carolina, which could be decent. But, I mean, Notre Dame plays Marshall, like like you were saying. It's just a lot of, after having, um, you know, some on paper good matchups like Georgia-Oregon, which turned into an absolute bloodbath, um, you thought you might have some good matchups. I mean, you know, Ohio State, Notre Dame was a good game coming down to the wire. But, yeah, second week's always just kind of like – if. Fun to go to the games, and you can just not have to worry about watching any other games. You can spend the day in West Lafayette. All right, four o'clock kickoff, Big Ten Network this weekend is interesting. Four o'clock. I thought for sure when this game was on the schedule, it was going to be a nooner. But oh yeah, Purdue hadn't had a nooner in quite a while for no, a home game. For a home game, yeah. So, but uh, first, let's go ahead and get the heartbreak all over with. Let's rip the bandaid off. Let's talk about Purdue's 35-31 loss to Penn State. A game it looked like Purdue had it in their grasp. Really, they did have it on their grasp. Mm-hmm. All they needed to do was get one first down, and the game was most likely over, and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, it kind of, and maybe I could be remembering the game wrong, but it kind of reminded me a little bit of last year's opener against Oregon State where, like, only Purdue kind of, you know, was able to finish it out, whereas, like, you know, there's a lot. I, remember, I think I remember during that game, I was like, man, we were we were hanging on by a thread. Like, you know, we're not. We couldn't move the ball towards the end. You know, they. It's like, man, if we don't get a, you know, a score, or if we don't get this stop, you know, this game could be over. And it's kind of the same thing. It was like that whole the last six minutes just it felt like forever. It's like, man, just hold on. And then we couldn't. Well, it was just frustrating. I know you and I were watching it 
live in person cool. together at Ross Aid, which was great to be back. Raucous environment. Oh, shout yeah. out to the Ross Aid Brigade. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the, the fans. Unbelievable how far yeah. this program has come in game day atmosphere in six years. But just no run game, or yeah. at least no attempt to have the run yeah. game towards the end, which was frustrating. And, you know, I was complaining to you. I said, okay, if we're not going to run it, let's at least throw a screen pass or something okay. short yeah. to kind of be an alternate of our run game and to just complete a pass to get time off yeah. the clock. Yeah, we kept going clock. vertical against, I think, a set of corners that we won't see another better, a better set yeah. of corners in Pitt State's all year. And it was just, just frustrating. Yeah, that was something we were, yeah, we were talking about the game. It's like, I thought we'd at least like at least try running on first down. Just something. I mean, obviously, you get two yards, you get a yard. Like, okay, it's better than an incomplete pass. I mean, I understand you want to move the ball, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I think it really just. I think it speaks volumes to Brahms' confidence in the run game. I mean, when you look at, it, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, okay, yeah, compared to other you know schools, it's not great. But I mean, Daru, fifteen for fifty-seven, three point eight average. I mean, that's not terrible. You know. I mean, averaging, you know, you run it three times, you're you're looking at a first down. So, right, right. But, yeah, I thought, I thought it was just kind of mind-boggling, especially when you don't have a guy like David Bell where it's like, okay, we're throwing to him. Like, I know he's going to catch the ball. Um, I mean, Charlie Jones was um, – Chuck Sizzle. <laughs> Chuck Sizzle was, you know, it was kind of a coming-out party for him. Sure Can he keep it up, though, is the exactly. question. Yeah. Especially now that there's tape on them, you know, there's you know hardly any film on them from Iowa because they don't throw the ball or score touchdowns for that matter. They just they like they like to punt and somehow find a way to win the game. Yeah, um, but we just don't have that go-to guy that we know is going to catch the ball almost every time he throws it. He you know the ball's thrown to him, so that's what it was just a little. I was a little confused of like, man, we were relying a lot, and especially I mean, especially at the end, Aiden was. It almost seemed like he was predetermining he was going to Charlie. Mm-hmm. And like to a point where it's just like, okay, like we, we have other talented guys out there. Like maybe, I man, obviously Penn State's got a pretty good defense and they're definitely bringing the pressure. You know, it was ramped up there at the end. But yeah, I was just a little, you know, mind boggled that the lack of attempt to even run the ball. I mean, there's definitely some drops um, mm-hmm. that could have sealed the game or at least gave us a better chance to see. Durham yet again, victim of a. Of a, call, of a reverse call. Yeah, I uh, think they made the right call after watching it the next day. I, in the NFL, I think it might be a catch, but in college, really? I think I think they made the right call. But I still, never go back and look but at still, it. it was so close. It was still hard to tell a hundred percent clear. Yeah. Like it was hundred percent clear. So it's just frustrating. Big Ten officials are frustrating. And penalties didn't help Purdue at all. Oh no, um, I mean, Purdue was very penalized, and a lot of them they probably deserved them. I think oh, like yeah. Purdue's defensive backs are told to hold if they're getting beat. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, you just got caught. Get, they got caught doing it more times than not. But um, what are some positive takeaways you had from week one? And obviously, we kind of are touching on it. Charlie Jones. You know, is kind of, kind of again a coming out party in a pretty uniform. I thought he was great. You know, we, we were excited to see him in the return game, which he never really got a chance to showcase that. I think I'm not sure we're going to see the Charlie Jones that we saw at Iowa, just because I don't think our blockers or block is going to be as good as. And I think he was exhausted. Towards the oh, end of the yeah. game. So. Yeah. Um, but it was nice to see, you know, somebody take make a step towards being, you know, that number one wide receiver, you know, after losing Bell and Milton Wright. Um, I thought the offensive line played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they kept Aiden vertical. I don't think he – did he – I don't, I don't think either team had a sack, did they? Oh, yeah, in fourth quarter. Oh, uh, Purdue oh, one and Penn State at two. Yeah, because we had almost like back-to-back possessions. Like Purdue got there first and then – 
Because Humphrey had one for Purdue. Yep. Um, they had two, yeah. Um, but other than, I mean, for most of the game, the, I thought the line played really well. Um, I mean, we, we threw to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different receivers, two of them being running backs. But it's nice to see kind of some of the guys getting get involved. Um, uh, defense, I mean, for the most part, I mean, they did their job towards the end. Um, you know, they made, what, three or four stops in a row, which is you know, all we can really ask. And just the offense, kind of what we saw kind of last year at the beginning was the offense not rewarding the defense for what they for what they did on the field. We got a comment here on Facebook from a friend of the show, Thad Mooney of Mooney Woodcrafts, who made this beautiful wooden boiler breakdown sign behind me. Yeah, for everybody watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, they can see. Thad says, no ability to execute the basics of the game. Work the clock with a run game and tackle on defense. The complex offense Jeff runs is great, but he still can't call simple plays when simple would win the game. Run on first and second down and throw on third. Work in a draw at times. Mm -hmm. Hard to argue with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he's been criticized by the media in the past being too conservative at mm-hmm. times with the lead, and now he goes the opposite way, aggressive. So yeah, I mean, it's tough, like, tough position to be in, but it was, was frustrating. Yeah, I was listening to the post game for a little bit. I can only listen to the post game so much. Mm-hmm. And you have people calling in just because I get mad at people way too easily. Um, but it was like I think it was Alan Carpenter was like, yeah, you know, if we if we did run the ball and the same outcome happened, we'd be he would be talking about how he wasn't trying to. You know, be aggressive. You know, he was playing the what what got us. You know, he can he rode the horses that got us there at that you know, at right. that point. Like we got we got to that point in the game because of our passing ability. And I mean, I, I, it was frustrating. I mean, I get it, but I mean, it's also situational awareness too is another thing that sometimes he struggles with. I feel like, or she maybe just a little too stubborn, and which just I mean, gives a hell of a lot more than I'll ever know. He's forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. So, That's a good point. So, and I'm sure yeah. he's watched tape, and he, I mean, I guarantee he wishes yeah. he ran the ball more. And maybe we'll yeah. see that this, this weekend should be a good time to work that in. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, it came down to the defense still had a chance to get a stop and win the game, mm-hmm. and they just couldn't do it. I, I know I told you, I was like, there's no way Penn State's at least not going to get a field goal and take this thing to overtime. Right. But yeah. they easily marched down the field and got a touchdown. Uh, Reese Taylor, not a good debut in a boiler uniform for him. <sighs> Rough night. He missed two, if not three, big tackles at times. Yeah. Um, Quite a few missed tackles. I mean, there was. I mean, really, if you look at, it, I mean, it's I, 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 I hate looking at always like one single play, especially one that happened during the game, because like there's so much that happened in the second half that could have changed. But like you look at the end of the first half, I mean, we have the fumble and then turn around and they score right away, essentially, um, partly because of again a you know not tackling properly. Oh, it's horrendous! It was. <laughs> I would try to go high like Pee Wee football team. Yeah, I guess on a tight. I think it was a tight end. Too, tight so end ran yeah, seventy six yards. Ball. Yeah, and it's you look at that, and it's like, you know, we lost by four. Yeah, I know. Um, and you know, if we hold them to a field goal, you know, you're, we're talking, you know, if, if we're up by seven at the end of the game and they tie, you know, okay, let's you know overtime. But when you're only up three in the last, it's it's a, not a good feeling when well, the team is and, driving. And historically, if it's a tight game and Purdue needs a stop on defense more times than not, they don't get it. Right. I mean, we saw it with Missouri in uh, 2018. These are just off the top of my head. We saw it in Nebraska 2017, both at home. Wisconsin. So, yeah, Wisconsin in 2018. 2018, double overtime. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Very, very frustrating. Um, you know, I, I still wonder the lack of having Garrett Miller out there. I wonder how much that's hurting the run game. Mm hmm. 
especially from like a blocking standpoint. Mm-hmm. So that's what's something that they talked about is you know they they like Perry, but he's his blocking's not his strong suit, and it's almost like a liability out there. So I think they're so they they're throwing out another offensive lineman, but then you don't have the you know at least with Garrett Miller, there's that threat of is he blocking or is he gonna right you know go out for for a route right. I thought Aiden looked good at times, other times. A little off. I thought he threw yeah. some balls behind his wide receivers that if he just puts it out in front of him, it's a catch. But he, mm. he did have the wide receivers drop some. And he had no interceptions. He probably should finish with two, but he yeah. didn't have any, uh, thankfully. Um, so well, I've definitely was, seen worse outings out of Purdue quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, he was 30 of 60, 50%, which, we, you know, he's one of the most accurate in terms of completion, mm. percentages, uh, completion percentages in, in the country last year. So 50% Kind of almost like a bad game for me. Mean, Three sixty-five, uh, um, one touchdown, QB rating of thir- of sixty-nine point four. So nothing great. I did think one positive takeaway for me, at least, was the red zone offense. Uh, yes. They executed really well. Mm-hmm. Two touchdowns for King Daru, one to Charlie Jones, mm-hmm. and then our, our other t- touchdown was the interception return from Chris Jefferson, which is going to be known to Purdue fans from now on as the Puke Six. Tim yeah. Newton gave it that name last night on the Jeff Brom radio show, which I thought was very fitting because he puked all over the sidelines. He gave it yeah. everything he had. Yeah, that was I – mean, we haven't seen that, at least like on a, from Purdue in a long time, of, of especially of, of that, you know, you know, 70 yards is, is a long distance to run. Yeah. I was happy we got the ball back, and then I was like, he's running. I was like, holy crap, he, yeah. might, he might take it. And that place about exploded. Yeah. Um, that's, the, that's when I was like, all right. We got this. Yeah, because, I mean, we could have folded at halftime down 11, but we came back and got the lead um, Mm -hmm. two different times. So, at least the guys showed some resiliency. And what's, I think, frustrating is, you know, it's also a positive coming out like we didn't just get our doors blown off. So many times Purdue teams in the past, a primetime night game against a a opponent who has superior talent just rolls over. But Purdue didn't. And, and honestly, I'm not trying to be too Purdue biased here, but I thought Purdue was the better team. Yeah, I thought, I mean, coming out of that game, I mean, I was mad, obviously, losing. But, like, I mean, again, it was that whole, like, kind of go into it. it was like, you know, if we lose, like, it's not the end of the world sort of thing. Um, not the Marshall all legs in one basket <laughs> sort of ordeal. Um, but it was like, man, what was frustrating was like, I was like, I was frustrated, but also I wasn't as mad. And it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I'm still trying to figure it out. But it was like, we beat ourselves, I feel like. Yes. And it was just I like, agree. usually when that happens, like in basketball, I'm like, this is like, so, like we saw it so many times last year. It was like, this was so stupid. I would be so mad. It was like, that team didn't deserve to win. You know, Purdue was the better team all night. And then we still lost. And this time I was like, you know, we were the better team. We still lost. And I was like, I'm not that upset about it. Um, we can still have a really great season. I saw some people saying, like, no point in playing the rest of the season anymore because we're not going to win stupid. the West. And I was like, well, Penn State's in the East, so that yeah, has no barring on our, on our West <laughs> conference yeah. standing. So No, it still can be a great season. Um, I mean, I think it could hurt, at least like my record prediction of 10-2. and two. I think Purdue needed that one, but yeah. hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm yeah. wrong. Uh, I do think if Purdue wants to win the West now, they have to go get at least one between the at Minnesota and Wisconsin. Yep. If not both. At least. They have to go, both, yeah. 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 So, um, but it would have been a huge statement win. Mm-hmm. I mean, national television got watched by millions of people against a big time brand name, mm-hmm. Penn State. They're not what they once were, but they're still big time brand. And still have tons of talent. Oh yeah, I think Penn State will finish around eight and four, seven and five ish. Yeah, I was not. I mean, it's first game, so it's hard to tell. But I was like, that offense didn't. I mean, Clifford. I mean, obviously for being 
you know, super senior like O'Connell, I, I wasn't really all that impressed. No. Um, I mean, their defense was pretty good, as we, as we saw, as you mentioned, like their corners were. I, I don't you know, know why we kept trying lot. to throw towards Porter Jr. Yeah. Like, <laughs> keep it away from me. He's going to be playing NFL next year. Like, yeah. throw on the other side of the field. I don't care what. I don't care. And he wasn't on Charlie the whole time. No. So, um, <laughs> Thad Moody says, sink the boat. We've already lost to Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm sure you're not the only Purdue fan thinking that way. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. I I would like to see more pass rush. Uh-huh. I, I thought that was I was a little disappointing. Um, but when Purdue gave them different looks on the defensive front, that's when they got home finally. Uh-huh. So when they switched the ends to defense tackle and put the tackles out of nose, that's when they got got in there with with, with Humphrey getting the sack. So uh, I liked how many players they were rotating in. Mm-hmm. I thought that was good. The depth was good, and, and on offense too. Uh, Mershon Rice, want to see more of him? Mm-hmm. I thought he looked good. He finally was able to. That guy's had such bad luck when it comes to the injuries last few years. Yeah, I'd like to get uh, Tyron Tracy the ball more. Mm-hmm. He only got the ball, I think, once or twice. So let me see. He had... Get him involved would more would be nice. He had two receptions for seventeen yards. Yeah. Uh, didn't even run the ball. So, but I thought Sheffield. Um, besides this fumble, had a pretty good game, which that was just carrying the ball in the wrong hand. Mm-hmm. That was just fundamentals. Um, special teams was okay. I know a lot of people were hard on the punter. I mean, he wasn't booming it, but I didn't think he was awful. The only really the only gripe I had with special teams was our kickoffs weren't getting to the end zone. Which right. I don't, and I we kicked like one out of bounds. That yeah, that that too. I feel like that wasn't really an issue last night. So I'm just not remembering. Right, but I feel like we were able to get it because, like, it's not like it was like a windy night. It was a, it was a beautiful night. It was, it was perfect weather. Um, maybe a slight breeze, nothing enough. It's like where it was keeping it from getting into the end zone, or right. you know, making it go out of bounds. It was right. just that was probably one of the more frustrating parts. Do you put this game in a top five Purdue football heartbreaker for you? I don't think so. I've seen. Um, I don't, I don't think so. Just because it's first game of the season, like it was, I feel like we were we were gonna we the gain was way more than what was gonna be lost. Yeah. Um, you know, you lose. Okay, you lost Penn State. Nothing. No biggie. And you know, in the grand scheme of things, obviously, you know, it could separate you know a good season from a special season. But I mean, there's no shame in losing the Penn State, other than my personal opinions on them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it'd be top five. I mean, it's probably, you know, up there, but I, I didn't feel the heartbreak. Like I felt like obviously the game, it doesn't need to be named from Oh five. Um, Oh four. Oh four. Yeah. Sorry. Oh four. Um, you know, losing the bucket in Oh seven to the, in a game winning field goal. Awesome that was star game. Yeah. yeah. I think of, Wisconsin in 2018 just because it was like we're gonna finally do it and then we don't. Um, 2012 at Ohio State for me was a bad yeah. one because that yeah. team went undefeated and then we had them. Yeah, and Minnesota in 2020. Um, <laughs> that one's up there. More probably just more, just flat out rage. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's but, a lot of. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that'd be top five for me. What Looking back on one that it's borderline. Top five, mm-hmm. I'd say. Looking back on one that I didn't realize how big it is, and now that I'm older, I re- the 0-3 loss at Ohio State in overtime, which Purdue mm-hmm. wins that game, they go to another Rose Bowl. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, that that's that was heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the year four oh two, holy Buckeye, it's Ohio State. So yeah. I mean, we we've got Ohio State, but they've also gave us some painful ones. Yeah. Um, Including yeah. some absolute massacres. <laughs> <laughs> Those we will never speak of again. Um, but yeah, just frustrating loss. But there's definitely some positive we can take into this week against the Indiana State Sycamore team, which uh, Purdue never lost to an FCS team. I hate putting that out there, but it's a fact. <laughs> and this, even though Indiana State's one zero, they're not very good. Um, I mean, Daryl Hazel beat Indiana State twice. So Barely. You, here's a little. Here's a little trivia question for you. Last time we played Indiana State, we threw a Hail Mary right before halftime for a touchdown. A legit Hail Mary. Austin Appleby threw it. Who caught the ball? I believe it was his only touchdown as a Boilermaker. What before year was he, it? Before he transferred. I want to say it was 20. Was it 14 or 15? I want to say it was 2015. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. 2015. Only touchdown. I think it was the guy's only touchdown that he ever If he transferred, I'm going to have no idea. Um, the game have, was on I'm, – I'm, I'm fact-checking myself. Yeah, Purdue won 38-14. When was this stupid game? Why can't I find the date? Man. Okay, I, I do. It was a 51-yard pass from Austin Appleby before half to give Purdue a 24-7 to lead at half. I don't even remember that. Uh, I have no idea. Dan Monterosso. Oh, okay. That's Number nine. Idea. And then he went he actually transferred and played college basketball. I think at a D right. two or three level because he was a That's good right. high school basketball player. That's right. Yep. Okay, I don't remember that at all. Yep. So I was trying to look up some of the box scores here. I still don't know when this stupid game happened. Sometime in, I think it was 2015. <laughs> actually, Austin uh, Appleby was 20 for 34 for 289 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> David Blau was 0 for 1. Huh. And Appleby also had 12 carries for 50 yards. So, uh, yeah. Let's see. Hmm. Uh, God, this is so sad. I'm, at the, I'm on the Purdue sports website, uh, the history versus Indiana State. We're 5 and 0. 5 and 0. Yeah, smallest margin of victory. September 7th, 2013, 20-14. Last one, it was uh, September 12th, 2015. Okay. All right. So I think we wore, like, I think we wore gray uniforms that day. It was a really ugly combination, if I remember correctly. So I don't know. I could be wrong. That I don't know why. uh, I just remember that off the top of my head. Are you looking at the history? Can I give you a trivia? No, go ahead. I'm not looking at it. It was the first year we played. Oh six. Wrong. That must have been the second time. No. No. That was the third time. Oh, because that was the throwback um, jerseys. Uh, that was six was. Yeah. yeah. From the sixty. Uh, I have no idea then. You're off by about eighty years. Twenty six. All right. We won thirty eight to zero. Been cutting Dang. them trees down for years. And then the next time we, we didn't play them again until nineteen ninety. <laughs> wow. Yeah, won wow. twenty to. Wow, oh, also won that game twenty to fourteen. Yikes! Okay, so we we beat them twice by 
Well, let's be honest. Purdue football in the early 90s and late 80s, uh, yeah. it was about Hazel-esque. So. Yeah, and then 2006, yeah, we won 60-35. to 35. Curtis Painter could only beat up on <laughs> Mac and FCS teams. Man, could yeah, he ever. Yeah. Could he ever. So, but uh, two Purdue legends will be in back in the house, Keenan Turner and Kyle Orton, my favorite football player of all time. So, uh, yeah, that, that'll be cool. That would be cool. Kyle, I think that's only the second time he's come back to campus since he graduated, if I'm not really? mistaken. I think he came back because there was one year they gave away the cradle of quarterbacks like jackets. And hmm. he came back to get his, but it might have been on a spring game or something. It wasn't uh, that big I a think, deal. I, th- I thought that, yeah, I think that was a spring game. If I yeah, remember. it wasn't that big a deal, but it'll be cool to uh, have him back at West Lafayette because I don't think he gets talked about enough among oh, the greatest pretty quarterbacks. Yeah, so. I mean, you watch, I mean, especially, I remember what. <laughs> We talk about it, especially during the Hazel years when things were just so bleak. It was like we'd watch highlights of that 03, 04 team, and it was like, my God, like watching yeah. him throw the ball versus, I mean, no offense, Austin Appleby or David Blau was like, he, he had so much zip on it. He was so good. Like, yeah. obviously, he doesn't, he doesn't get the, you know, the notoriety because he didn't have an NFL career like Drew Brees, but I mean, college quarterback wise, yeah. he's one of the best to ever. Going pretty uniform, and still, even in NFL, he threw for over 100 career touchdowns. He wasn't right. awful. His teams just didn't win much. When they won in Chicago, he didn't put up the stats. In right. Denver, he put up the stats and didn't win. Yeah, and then he bounced around a few other places. This time in Chicago was a lot of run, run. They were third eight. Now we're passing. Yeah, now we're passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they didn't do any favors, but which in yeah. Denver it was just we're going to put up crazy stats with you throwing it around, but we're not going to win the game because the team's yeah. awful. Yeah, and Orton was one of those guys that you know for us. Personally, it was that's kind of when we were yep. really coming into our Purdue fandom as yep. younger kids, kind of you yep. know, being able to really remember and go to games. And yeah, he was, yeah, he's definitely. I mean, I mean, we we were pretty darn lucky, of course, Drew Brees and Orton, and then even Painter. I mean, I know we yeah. kind of joke about him, but still, NFL quarterback, which is yeah. hard to believe, kind of. But um, we we were pretty lucky for a while, and then we found out what a quarterback <laughs> every season was like for a long time. So. So the real question is, will he have the neck beard? I don't believe so because I follow him on Instagram. Oh, okay. And uh, he, he puts a lot of stuff on there. Uh, his family, he's big into hunting and fishing with his kids. And last time I knew he didn't have a neck beard going. So. Where's he? He was originally from Iowa. Iowa. He lives in Iowa again. Yep. I think he lived in Louisiana for a while. I think that's where his wife's from. And then they moved to Iowa. Because I know he wanted to be a state senator. That was his life goal for a long time. Right. He was he was Joe Tiller's favorite player, I believe, ever. Mm-hmm. They would have conversations outside of football for hours. So and they were I think they were on opposite sides of the political fence too. But yeah. they just like to I mean, just just talk. So Yeah. But he was he was a good one. He was a good one and got banged up at times. Got I mean, Brandon Kirsch would unseat him at times, but he was he was a good one. Yeah. My goal go for ahead. Saturday. I hope O'Connell only has to play a half. Yep. That'd be because, for good reason, we should say. <laughs> yes, that. yes, yes. That. Yeah, I think yes. I think that's yeah, the ultimate goal is you know, let uh Burton play the third quarter and Alima play the fourth quarter. I would love to get Allen on the field. I could just get him on the field because yeah. you can play what four games, games. and still redshirt. Yeah. So you might as well play some young kids if you if you can to get them experience. Because yeah. nothing against Austin Burton, but he's not in the future plans. No. So yeah, I wouldn't play him more than you have to. But speaking of young guys, one guy that were there that really one of the youngest on the field was Nick Carraway. Like, yeah, he's on defense. Like he looked like yeah. he could, he's going to be a player. I mean, I know he didn't get a ton of snaps, but 
just looked cool. at him. We were kind of paying attention when he went out there, and I was, I was pretty impressed. Just given, I mean, I mean, it's a Big Ten game, like in yeah. Penn State, like, and he held his own, which yeah. is you don't see a whole lot of that. And we came away another positive. I just thought of we came away for the most part healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brock Thompson, I see, is a game time decision. Which I'm afraid that might be a lot of games this year. I just don't yeah. know if his legs will ever be fully healthy. Um, but we have a lot of depth there. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I just I just hope it's like UConn last year was and just an easy win. But I hope nobody big time goes down. Like, remember Horvath broke his leg against UConn mm-hmm. last year. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So get out, get get out of it clean and then get ready for Syracuse who. Syracuse put a whooping on Louisville, thirty-one to seven, which is kind of a double-edged sword for Purdue. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm already yeah. I'm already prepared for it. I'm prepared for yeah. them making a run at Brom, and I'm going to hate every minute of it. Yep. Because I'm afraid if it happens again this time, it might not result yeah. be the same result. But I don't know. That Big Ten money is pretty big, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much money would be a factor because, like it's Brian home. Newbert said in the in the chat yesterday, it's home. And and if you remember right, Louisville last time still brought a lot of money, even though they were going through. Tons of controversy yeah, and turmoil yeah, within their within their athletic. I mean, there's a lot of booze and horse money down Louisville, so um, they'll find a way if they want. But we'll see. Hopefully, we'll, we'll worry about that when yeah. time comes. But I'm already preparing for it because Satterfield's recruiting like a madman. But if he doesn't win games, it's not going to matter. They're going to want him out. So. And they, I mean, I don't think their schedule's a cakewalk this first half. So it could be something where he's out. Mid mid season, <laughs> mid season. Which, God, that'll be. I hope we don't have to endure that again, but we'll see. No, I guess I'm prepared. I'm getting prepared for it, but yeah. And I think that would mean Purdue had a really good season. Oh well, heck, yeah. I guess. But no, Louisville, they could have Purdue could have a bad season. They're still gonna swing mm. for their Golden Boys. So I don't know. Don't want to think about it right now, but I am kind of preparing myself. Um, but any other takeaways from Week One? that I haven't we haven't discussed. Yeah, I think yeah, we covered all it. Covered. Well, uh we could we could talk some Purdue hoops in a second, but first let's uh let's give you a word from one of our sponsors and that is Mad Mushroom. Uh, the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by Mad Mushrooms. They've been serving Boilermakers since 1993, located in the heart of West Lafayette. They're well known as the home of the regional che- original cheese sticks, which I got to admit, I was in Chicago, Illinois over Labor Day weekend. Went to Italian place, had some cheese sticks, cheese bread. It's pretty good, but doesn't hold a it candle hold, to Mad Mush. Yeah. Doesn't hold a candle to them. They are home of not only the original, but the best cheese yeah. sticks. If yeah. you don't take my word for it, for it, go in there, tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you, or make an online order. And if you spent over $20, you get $5 off using the discount code BREAK5. That's B-R-E-A-K-5. And make sure you take advantage of the pizza of the month. The September pizza of the month month is Josh's Tasty Meatballs. They're traditional pizza sauce topped with meatballs, onions, banana peppers, mozzarella cheese, and finished with a hot sauce drizzle. Served, of course, with a side of ranch starting at $14. Go get yourself, I about said a set of Tasty Meatballs, but (laughs) get yourself some Tasty Meatballs that belongs to Josh on a pizza. So that's all month long in September. Take advantage of a discount code, break five, $5 off any order over $20, or just simply tell them to boil the breakdown sent you. Absolutely. So get two of them. Get two sets of Josh's Tasty Meatballs. I guess I had cheese sticks while I got it, too. 
Yeah, just get get before the game. Out. You got plenty of time yeah. before the game. Yeah, before the game or after the game. Yeah, uh, celebratory a uh, uh, vic- victory dinner. So there we go. Yep, I'm proclaiming the victory already. So if we lose, <laughs> blame it on me. Blame it on me. So uh, Big Ten basketball's hoop schedule came out today, which That's I knew it was coming soon. Yeah, I mean, it was coming. It's uh, always. I mean, it's it's this is probably like the least. Excited I was for it just because nowadays with basketball you, you you don't know. I mean, just with the transfer portal and right. you know, you mean you, ha- you might have an idea, but there's some teams that like have whole new rosters, and it's you know you, all you can really go by is what was there previously, which isn't always a fair assessment. But I thought it was a uh, when I saw the schedule, I was like they had the place like oh we're gonna see New Jersey's gonna be gonna be that's what I'm more excited for. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, oh, they used old pictures. Gosh dang it. <laughs> it's got to be coming soon, doesn't it? I think so, yeah. I think, yeah, they, I think the Twitter account over the summer when someone asked, it said September. So guess what month it is? It's September. I thought the schedule makers did do a lot of favors early on in the schedule. Yes. Starting of course, we thought that last year too. <laughs> True. <laughs> the December game at Piscataway. And number one in the country. Uh, <laughs> starting, if we're number one in the country in December somehow, I'm not going to be griping. So. No, no. Um, uh, we start off with Minnesota at home on December 4th and travel to Nebraska on December 10th. And then with students on break, we host Rutgers on Monday, January 2nd. But go to Columbus on Thursday, January 5th. Hope their students aren't back yet. And I then be a model in there anyways. And then, true. <laughs> and travel to Penn State Sunday, January 9th. Or eighth, but that's at a different arena than Penn State's arena. You're playing Philly, the Palestra. Yes, a famous arena. That'll be cool. Then they return home on a Friday home game against Nebraska. We seem to always play Nebraska on Fridays. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday nighter up in East Lansing. Is uh, that another? Uh, uh, that could be maybe another like Martin Luther King Day game. Oh, it I could be January sixteenth. Yeah, so you can always just crap. That's Martin Luther King Day. <laughs> Yay. Taking off work that day. Um, then we go to the barn that week, Thursday, January 19th. Return to home a week later, Thursday, January 22nd, against the Maryland Terrapins. Travel, travel up to Michigan for our only uh, contest against Michigan on January 26th. At least as of right now, we have a week for that game, whereas last time we had about like two days last True. year. <laughs> True. Then we uh, have Sparty and Izzo coming into town for a Sunday, Sunday January 29th. You've got to think that's CBS. Yeah. Then we host the Indian Lions Wednesday, February 1st. Travel down to uh, Bloomington, where it smells, Saturday, February 4th. Then host uh, Fran and the Berserk Hawkeyes uh, Thursday, February 9th. Travel to Evanston, where Gene Katie said it was always tough because they said words that you didn't know what they meant. <laughs> On Sunday, February 12th. We should go to that game. That would be a fun one. It's close. Then we go to College Park. I hate playing there. Uh, yep. Thursday, February 16th, Maryland. Uh, get the Buckeyes at home for a Sunday contest, February 19th. The Hoosiers at home for a Saturday, February 25th game. So, like you mentioned before we started recording, both match up with the Hoosiers on Saturdays. Don't remember the last time that's happened. Yeah. Go up to the Cole Center Thursday, March 2nd, only contest with Wisconsin. And then we get the Fighting Illini home on Senior Day, March 5th, for a Sunday contest. The only time we see the I-L-L-I-N-I. That's a, that's a tough Senior Day game. I was like, we don't have any seniors. <laughs> that doesn't even really matter. Jenkins. That's true. But, oh, yeah. 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 And it could potentially, most probably, 
Edie's last game. Edie's last game. Yeah. So. Yeah. Kofi to dunk on. So. So this whole schedule's out non-con and Big Ten. Now we just don't know the times and TV for mm-hmm. most games. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, it's hard to tell, but I thought that's a pretty. I mean, there was nothing that I really had to gripe about with the schedule. I mean, the last four games on paper could be tough. I don't I mean, Wisconsin's always kind of like, you think they could be terrible. And then there, I don't know, is Brad Davison back for his 12th year this year? Probably. I <laughs> but I mean, Ohio state should be pretty good. Indiana's on paper looking to be, you know, they're predicted to win the big 10 and then Illinois by that point, you know, our, our buddy, Josh is a big Illinois fan. He thinks that they'll be, you know, cause they have so many newcomers. That, they have like eight new guys who have yeah, never worn an Illinois Jersey. Could be, it could be rough for them early on, but by the end of the season, they could be, pretty freaking dangerous so yeah. could be a, a big one in Mackey. So yeah big 10 three. should still be a pretty good conference this year i yeah, think but like you said more so in college basketball and football it's hard to I tell actually, who's going to be good year and year out now because of the transfer portal i did see michigan which is i shouldn't be surprised um michigan state's non-con they always was, load it up was stupid where did i see it oh. and it usually plays dividends come march so yeah so they play Gonzaga, November 11th in San Diego. They play Kentucky the very next game in Indy. They play Villanova, I assume, for the uh, Gavit Games. Uh, Gavit Games in East Lansing. They play Alabama and Portland. That's the PK-80. Yeah, so they're, they're on the other PK. side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then they play Notre Dame for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. It's like, yeah. yeah, they'll probably take some lumps, but they'll yeah. be better team from it. So. I mean, the PK eighty, like, who, I mean, who knows who else they can play in that? Because that, I mean, I, I can't remember who's in. They're not in our bracket, no. but still, man, that, that tournament's always loaded, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited for us to be in it this year. Yeah, it'll be a good test for our guys, especially our young guys, right away. So, but sounds like everybody's uh, cleared on the injury front, and ready to go. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Got full squad back. So that's good news. No setbacks for anybody. Got a new commit, which is Candy fun. I, I, I hate talking about commits too early anymore, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds from everything sounds like he'll fit in perfectly at Purdue. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a son and nephew of pro women's basketball players. And last time we had a player who was the son and or nephew of a pro women's basketball player, it turned out pretty well for Purdue. Good point. <laughs> As it definitely painter definitely likes the uh, coaches' kids, especially when they've been pros. I and mean, we've got a, a former pro son coming in next year with Miles Colvin. So, and as Brian Newford always says, you know kids of pros typically find a way to be pretty good because they've got a nice little support system around them so yeah i mean and roosevelt's daughter is a good volleyball player oh, for our team yeah so. our volleyball team i mean they're top 10 now i was looking at because i know we talked about the game like because they had a promo at the game about volleyball and how they're number 11 i was like yeah number 11 that's awesome You're like yeah it's like sixth in the big 10. <laughs> i think we're fourth i think nebraska's second uh that's all wisconsin penn state penn state's like in the it's like 20th okay illinois 25th um, I, I just looked it up because I was talking to my fiance about it. Um, where was it here? Rankings. Yeah, Nebraska second, Minnesota's third, Wisconsin sixth, Ohio State's eighth, Purdue's ninth, uh, Penn State's twentieth, and Illinois's twenty fifth. You can also say that's wrestling too, because wrestling yeah. same stuff happens. Yeah. So, uh, did the soccer team beat Notre Dame tonight? Notre Dame was ranked ninth in the country. I was just I, curious. Let's see. I didn't. I haven't. I have, honestly have not been. I've been traveling late for work, so I. Did not I was just curious. Team. I don't know how the soccer team's been doing. I know they beat Kentucky in the opening game this year, but uh, lost three one. Oh, dang. dang! Yep. 
I always like to beat Notre Dame and everything. Absolutely. <laughs> Looks like they got up quick, 2-0, two no, two nil, and it's kind of just controlled the game from there. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Dang, dang, dang. Well, what's do, you the sh- do you want to pick some games first, or do you want to Yeah, let's go ahead. No, let's go ahead and pick some games, and then we can. I mean, there's not really. No, the Big Ten slate's pretty bad this weekend. Um, let's see here. Let me pull it up. Uh, oh, that doesn't help. I'm, wow, you're uh, not kidding. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas couple, State at Ohio cool. State. There's a couple of like, close spreads. which Duke and Northwestern will be an intriguing one. I think Northwestern will win, but I don't think they cover the 10.5 mm-hmm. spread. Um, Washington State, Wisconsin could be interesting, but I think Wisconsin wins. They'll just play ball control. Um, really, you're, well, at least on spread-wise, your best games are Iowa State at Iowa and Virginia at Illinois. Yeah, those will be. I think those will be the two best games. Illinois has to have this one. After yeah. dropping a game, they should have won at Indiana. If they want to make a bowl, they have to have this one. And Iowa, Iowa State... Speaking of a coach who probably should have left at one time, Matt Campbell from Iowa State. I don't know. He might have missed the boat on that one. But um, I, mean, I think the Hawkeyes will get them, but they better score some points. I mean, your spreads, 44.5 for Ohio State, 25 for Penn State, 17.5 for Wisconsin, 26.5 for Maryland, uh, 52 points for Michigan against Hawaii. Hawaii's garbage. Yeah. They lost forty two ten at home to Vandy, who Vandy is two and zero. But yeah. I mean, come on. Indiana plays always tough. Zero and one Idaho Vandals. <laughs> the ESPN predictor index has them as a ninety six point two percent chance of winning. And that 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 uh, non ninety six point two percent is probably Mark Slareth of ESPN <laughs> since he played ball there. So um, yeah, but Indiana does have. I mean, they got Western Kentucky, I think, next week, and then at Cincinnati. So at least they'll yeah. get tested coming up soon. And then they got a gauntlet to begin Big Ten season. Yeah. So, we think the Purdue Indiana State game. I think Purdue wins pretty comfortably. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go forty-five, thirteen. Ah, you're so close to my prediction. I said say forty-two seventeen is my. Yeah, I'll take either is there, one. Is there a spread? On, I don't. I didn't see a spread. I don't. They usually don't put them on FCS teams. That's true. Games, it seems like so. Our uh, metric predictor is at ninety-eight point nine percent chance. So, so you're telling me there's a chance. Apologize, everybody, for my dog barking in the background during this episode. He is being awful. He's usually behaves himself in here. So he's but. excited for Broncos football. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta wait till Monday. Thanks, NFL. <laughs> you know, at Seattle, I wouldn't be nervous if it wasn't Week One, right? But I am. So, but yeah, speaking of NFL football, is going on right now, and mm-hmm. so we gotta wrap this up so we can go watch the Bills and the Rams a little bit. So, why don't you let all Boiler Breakdown listeners and viewers out there know what the shop's up to right now? Absolutely. So once again, we're happy to have the shop back on board uh, for another season of Boiler Breakdown. Uh, Shop has been bringing sports and hometown apparel to fans since 2011. From our humble beginnings in garages and basements, you can find us at our two retail stores and online. They've got two locations, one in Carmel downtown and one in Broderpool. I know the Broderpool one is being affected by some construction on Broderpool Avenue right there, but you can still access the building via the sidewalk, so still stop by if you're in, if you're in Indy. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. We make comfortable shirts. It makes us happy. The shop is located in Carmel and Indianapolis, as well as online at theshopindy.com. We make the best shirts, period. Next time you're shopping online, use promo code BREAKDOWN for 25% off your order. we got to confirm that it's the same code as last year. If you're, still, if, you're, if you're a listener from last year and you didn't take 
advantage of the promo code, same promo code as last year, Breakdown. They came out with, well, four new Purdue shirts right before the season kicked off. I haven't bought one yet. I need to. Um, Me too. Super, super comfortable. I've got, if you're watching, I've got the, the drum shirt to go along with the drum uh, glass. They, so they've got drinkware. They've got clothing. They've got hats. They've got stickers. They've got... You know, they, bar t-shirts bar t yeah so they not just you know not just your collegiate t-shirts they do so they said they were doing some throwback you know indiana bars they did the cactus which is it's back it opening back. tonight tonight I, I thought i saw bruce said it's not actually officially open oh i thought it was tonight <laughs> yeah I, I thought i saw a tweet from him the other night i okay. maybe didn't read it right but um they had that they had jake's rip one of our favorite personal oh yeah i got a lot of crap from people but that was one of our favorites mm-hmm. um yeah i mean they, i mean Indiana parks. I mean, other colleges in Indiana that we don't care about. Um, they had, they do some NIL deals with players, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, it's great. Their shirts fit great. They feel super. They're I mean, they're super comfy. I love wearing them. Um, I need to get more, but my bank account is struggling. That's the discount codes for. Yes, absolutely. Buy yourself. Whoops, that's from last week. Apologize <laughs> there. I've tried to delete some of these overlays, and one popped up there. Buy yourself some merch from the shop. The shopindie.com, like Evan said, use promo code BREAKDOWN for 25% off. No excuses, everybody. No, no excuses. excuses. No excuses. We want to see those numbers up this year in merch sales. So, final thoughts, Webby, as we wrap up this podcast and uh, look forward to next week's. Glad football's back. Obviously, this point starts the season, but I mean, it's we can still have a special season. You know, mm-hmm. we like to see there's always that, you know, cliche of, you know, teams make the jump between week one and week two. So hopefully we can see. I mean, it's going to be tough to really compare versus, you know, in terms of the level of competition. But hopefully we see less penalties. What I'm looking for this week, this weekend, I should say, is less stupid penalties, um, better tackling from the defense. Um, and like we kind of talked about is get Aiden, get him in there, get him out, <laughs> keep him healthy. Yep. And come away injury-free. That's really the big yep. thing. Just win comfortably, come out clean, don't be stupid. Yep, yep. I mean, get the win at yep. all costs necessary. But, yep, like you said, play good, clean, turnover-free football, injury-free free football, get the W and get ready for the orange because I just have a feeling that's going to be a tougher test than we think. A yep. noon game <laughs> and too. inside in a dome, it just, yeah. it just um, might not be as easy as we all thought at one time. So. But let's uh, start on Saturday. Let's boil it up, hammer down, and uh, cut down those sycamores. Boil it up.